Hey everyone, welcome to the Torque Message of the Week. We know you will be uplifted and equipped to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus through what is spoken. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Tony Cassis. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit torque.org. Now for the message. Father God, we thank you for this amazing man, Lord, and for all that he's served and poured into this house today. Pour back into him, Lord, double fold. And we ask right now, Lord, that your words would be his words, that as he speaks, Lord, it would find, Lord, the root in our hearts that you've called it to, and then, Lord, it would produce the fruit. And we just bind any hindrance in us, in our minds, in our ears, in our spiritual senses that would stop us from receiving this word as you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Nate. Very humbling introduction. Thank you so much. Just to whet your appetite about the Genesis record. Ah, everything you know about science, you got taught by someone who already had a mindset and a worldview. Okay? And your parents got taught. And their parents got taught. And so the, the biggest question we have to answer is, do we take God's word literally? Or do we make it fanciful, like it's, it's all allegory, it's all metaphoric, it isn't real? If we start to do that to the word of God, we're going to go down a very slippery slope. Okay? Um, John or whoever is on the desk, I need some fallback or I'm going to be just pushing my voice a little too much. I can't hear anything at the moment. Thanks. I've got it, All right. There you go. Fantastic. Um, my whole understanding of the universe got changed when I was doing some research for my up-and-coming book on Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, the Lord makes it clear that the sun, the moon and the stars were created on day number 4. So we've had light and dark, right? Day and night for three days before the sun, moon and stars are even created. Figure that out. And on day number four, God said he created two lights. Not one light and a light reflector. Two lights. The greater light that will rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. But we're told the moon reflects the sun at night. Now, by chance I was out watching the sunset yesterday unbeknown to my family and others. I saw the sun on the western horizon going down in full and I saw the moon on the eastern horizon coming up. It was only three quarters full. And I thought to myself, I can see a full sun, but I can't see a full moon, but there's nothing between the moon and the sun. And scientists tell me that it's a three-quarter moon because of the reflection of the earth on the moon. And I'm standing there thinking, I can see a full sun 
and I can see the moon it's in entirety, it's only three quarters full and there's nothing in between. That's real science. That's real science. There is nothing between the sun and the moon and yet it's only three quarters full. Why is that? Because the earth is not in the way. I can see the sun in the sky and the moon in the sky. I got so challenged. You know what? I'm starting not to believe everything I've ever been taught at school. Because if it isn't based on this word, I question it. I question it. Where did the light come from for three days when God said, let there be light? Where was that coming from? And then he said, he separated the light from the darkness, the evening and the morning, the first day. That happened three times before he put the sun in the sky. So what was giving the earth light? You need to come to the seminar if you want to answer that. I'm just telling you this to whet your appetite. It's such a revelational book. But it's not really a revelation. It's always been there. But a guy named Copernicus back in the 15th century, 14th, 15th century, began to bring the concept that the sun is the centre of the universe. It is not. The centre of the universe is the earth. According to the Bible, everything revolves around the earth. Everything. Remember he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But hang on. The heavens weren't created until day number four. So he must have meant something spiritual and something physical. You need to come to the seminar. Tonight, pastor asked me to share with you about God's promises. Okay? God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so, um, as a church that, you know, is fully functioning in freedom ministry, most of us are aware of what it means to feel oppressed or come under the oppression of, you know, ungodly spiritual forces in our lives. And God is a faithful God. He can set us free from the oppression that comes against our mind, our will, our emotions even. Sometimes we feel things that we can't seem to shake. And because of God's faithfulness, he comes along and he overpowers whatever darkness is overshadowing us and he delivers us from that darkness. It's called deliverance. One third of Jesus' ministry was committed to delivering people from oppression. Did you know that? And many healings that Jesus did were the byproduct of setting them free from demonic oppression. Okay? If you want to know more about that, you need to go to our Freedom Seminar, which uh, Vanessa and Pastor Robin are going to conduct sometime soon. Why I say that is that these are complete teachings, you know, as a standalone subject. Right? We want you to be educated in everything to do with being set free from oppression, yep. all kinds of oppression. 
but the war of your mind, right, is, is won or lost by how you view the liberating power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Our spirits are sealed. We're saved. The devil can't touch our spirit, man. But he tries to layer around your spirit with thoughts and feelings and desires that keep that Christ within you from coming forward fully. And instead of praising the Lord, you're complaining or you're negative. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Part of being fully set free, fully healed and even fully saved is not just to push out the negative, but to draw in the positive. And that's where God's promises come into play. It's not enough just to empty you of things that oppress you. 90% of your freedom is what you fill yourself up with after you've gotten the chains broken. Okay? I would dare say that if someone who is really oppressed, if they stretch out and actually believe God's word, that will set them free. The entrance of your word is light. So wherever there is darkness, by the entrance of the word of God, that darkness would be pushed out. This is why when Jesus went to church, when he went to the synagogues, within 10 minutes of him, or within two minutes of him starting to preach, demonic forces would manifest in people. Someone would stand up and go, I know you, Jesus, son of the most high God. And he would say, shut up and come out of the man. And he was trying to preach. Why did that happen? Because when Jesus walked into the synagogue, the light spectrum went up a thousand percent. And the darkness couldn't stay hidden. He rebuked them because he didn't want anyone but the Holy Spirit revealing that he was the Son of God. He didn't want demons revealing who he he, he was. He wanted the Father to reveal who he was. And that way Jesus would know who the Father was opening their hearts to. Do you understand? Remember when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God? Jesus said, my Father in heaven revealed that to you. Didn't come from anyone else. So Jesus wanted that to be the avenue, a revelation from the Father was the only way he would let anyone call him Lord. Isn't that interesting? And so that's a principle that we need to grab a hold of. If we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to fill us with the faith necessary to believe the promises of God, we're on our way to full recovery. We, we pull out of the victim mentality. Of, you know, I need to be set free. I've got so many problems. I can't seem to shake them. Victim, 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 victim. Now, we've all done the victim. We've all had the self-pity. Let's not, you know, judge anyone or condemn ourselves. We've all been there. Oh, poor me. No one understands my situation. Quoting George W. Bush, situation. He 
needs freedom too. In the Old Testament, it's funny because Pastor Wendell touched on this this morning. The concentration was on the do nots. You know, the commandments? You shall not, you shall not, you shall not. It was all what you're not to do. There's 613 Jewish laws in Judaism. And that's not including the ceremonial laws. That's a lot of do's and do nots, right? It'd be impossible to walk that line. God knew when he gave the law to Moses, there was no way that they would be able to fulfill every single law. In fact, the whole reason he gave the law was to basically encourage them to lean on his grace because he wanted them to figure out real quickly, there's no way we can keep these, these laws. You're too holy. You're too good. You're too wise. Give us grace, please. And many times during their course, the Israelites had to fall back on his grace. When they were supposed to be judged, he would pull back. He'd say, I don't want to judge you. Right? Now, lots of people give the God of the Old Testament a bad rap because we've been spun this story that he was harsh, unmerciful, he's black and white. Do you know that the God of the Old Testament is Jesus? The Pharisees couldn't understand Jesus because he represented a God that was more than willing to forgive sin and not condemn the sinner. Can you understand their shock religiously when they believe they are serving God to the letter and then this young rabbi from Nazareth turns up and says, I'm the personification of God and he's nothing like what you represent. They would say, you're not allowed to heal on the Sabbath. Remember that? They would condemn Jesus for healing on the Sabbath and he would call them out. He would say, you guys would pull your donkey out of a pit on a Sabbath day. You would take your sheep to the water trough to give them a drink, but you won't let me heal this old lady who's been bent over for 13 years. Hypocrisy. See? Hypocrisy. So he called them out. They were misrepresenting God. The woman caught in adultery. Remember that? Jesus comes along and he says to them, he he calls them out. He says, if you're without sin, throw a stone. Because they were quoting him the law. You know, the, the law says, you know, stone her. Well, Jesus turns around and says, well, you can stone her if you can say you're sinless. And they all walked away convicted. So he was representing the God of the Old Testament, but in in and through a new way of dealing with humans, with mankind. So just to explain this, the reason why the Lord sometimes, not all the time, 
sometimes had to walk a very straight line, and I've said this before at church, when you've got God Almighty living next door, you can't watch MTV. You can't have ham sandwiches. I'm serious. You can't. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. You've got God physically living next door and he sees everything. And he's a holy God. See what I'm saying? The whole camp is holy because his tent is in the camp. And that gives us a, 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 a picture of what it's going to be in the eternal ages. We're not going to need a temple or a church building because Revelation tells us the Lord God will be our light and the Lamb will be our temple. And we will live with God. He will live among His people. And we will see Him face to face. And the only reason why we will be able to do that is because of what Jesus did. Moses wanted to see him face to face. And the Lord said, you can't look at my face or you will die. You will melt. Because I'm a holy God. I'll let you see my back portion. I'll put my hand on your face. I'll cover your eyes. And as I'm walking away, I'll lift my hands and you can look at my back. Because if you look me in the eyes, you'll melt. I don't know if you remember this. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The first, the first um, series, the first movie. These Germans have the ark in the middle of the desert and they open up the ark, right? And it pops up, the lid pops up and there's this huge file just like in the wilderness. And the guy looks in and his eyes glow. It's like total ecstasy. But then he begins to melt. Because he's, he's looking at God. Now they got the concept right, but the analogy wrong. See? Remember the Philistines? They opened up the, the ark. 75,000 died. No wonder they sent it back on a car. With an offering. The equivalent of $2 million in gold, by the way. <laughs> you guys, you take your ark back. <laughs> who, can, who can stand before this holy God? That's what they said. And, and, you know, Pastor Wendell was sharing that if you approach the ark even the wrong way, you'd die. Because of his holiness, not because he's angry. He's not angry. And if not for Jesus, no one would be able to approach God. See? But now we're told in Hebrews, we all now have access through the Spirit because of what Jesus did. See? We can be covered with the blood. And so the judgment that came on Jesus, which was for our sake, doesn't come on us now when we look face to face into the eyes of the Lord. So, in the New Testament covenant it's more about the do's 
It's not about always not what, what you shouldn't do. It's more about what we should be doing. And Jesus sums it up by saying two commandments. Love God. You can, can you do that? And then can you love your neighbor as yourself? Vertical. Horizontal. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Very simple. Very, Very effective. Very good. So, in saying all that, we've had enough of being told what we can't do. We're going to turn a corner in August of 2020. And we're going to start to let the Holy Spirit reveal what we can do. Because remember, <laughs> freedom is just as much about filling oneself with hope as it is emptying oneself of hopelessness. Attaining the promises of God is as close as your mouth. Connecting into God's promise is as close as your mouth. You don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to go down the hill. Because like my daughter Christy said last night to the Sydney church, he is the Lord God. And when he makes a promise and you believe it, he will make sure you get what you're believing for. It's like the PowerPoint. The only thing that's stopping me from drawing current is not being connected. Did you ever think, do you ever tell yourself, I wonder if there's any power in the PowerPoint today? You never think that. You just know that if I plug in, the fan turns on. You never say to yourself, oh, I'm wondering if I plug in the fan, will there be any electricity? We just take it for granted. There's power on and God is the same. As soon as you open your mouth, He will fill it. That's why when we do set someone free, we don't leave the house empty. You've got to fill the house with something good got to give a visual you've come from this point you're heading to that point you came in empty you're going out full see this is why we always encourage vision what has God promised you there's personal promises and then there's 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 these eternal promises that really anyone who the Holy Spirit enlightens the word can tap into that promise He's faithful to his word. It's just like that PowerPoint. It's just got to plug in. Now, I'm not giving you a formula. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will guide you as to what is now relevant, real, and relational regarding his word. Please don't fall into formula. You know, A plus B equals C with God. I love the, 
you know, the kids' uh, Christian song recently, one plus one plus one equals one. Right? That's God's mathematics. So when we grab a hold of God's promises through faith, right, we're already on the road to recovery. Because the biggest battle is changing what you believe about yourself. Change what you believe about yourself. Do you believe about yourself that you're expendable? You're cheap. You're worth nothing to God. Hello, you've got to change that mindset. He doesn't go to the cross and then just throw you away like you're trash. If he goes to the cross for you, I would say he values you very, very much. Because remember, when Adam died, he saw all of us die with him. Please don't say, oh, well, how could he love the whole world? He does. Because he saw the whole world die when Adam died. We were all there. We weren't conscious of ourselves, but we were there potentially. Just like in your body right now, if you're a woman, the seed in you is another generation. If you're a man, the seed in you is another generation. So whatever you do today is affecting that generation because that seed is in you. And they're committing what you're committing by default. You don't want that for your kids. Don't worry, it's only a matter of time. You'll all get married, you'll all find husbands and wives and we'll all be very happy. For those of you who aren't married, that is. And again, there's no criticism, no judgment. You know, it doesn't always work out that way for some people. God's love is there, God's forgiveness is there, God's grace is there. Okay? Everybody comes from a different extraction of life. And believe me, no one has a perfect parent. No one. Peter, 2 Peter 1.4 says, By which we have been given uh, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through covetousness. All right? I just want to share this, this one, one example where, you know, Jesus says, When an unclean spirit leaves a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest but he doesn't find any. And then he returns to the house from which he came and he says to himself, sorry, he sees that the, out, the house has been emptied, swept and put in proper order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than he first started. And so it is with this wicked generation. What Jesus is saying is, there's always a vacuum. Human beings are literally vacuums that need filling. And if you empty the darkness out and leave the vacuum without God filling it, something's going to fill it again. Come on, none of us like walking around feeling empty. Amen? Amen. So it is, a, it is a, quite a...
quite a, a, a good experience to feel that oppression leave, but that's only half the job. Because getting set free from demonic oppression leaves you as a vacuum. You need to fill that hole with God. You do that through the Word. You do that through the Spirit. You do that through fellowship. Some of you don't like that. Okay? Because your brother and your sister at church are also being used of God to fill in some of the vacuum. See, that's why Paul says, don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves as has been the custom of some and therefore shipwrecking their faith. You rise and fall by your faith. You're either in the faith or you're out of faith. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 4. You don't have to go there. He chose us in him, Christ, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame. Now, are you going to believe this word or are you going to keep blaming yourself before God? Because once you start that blame game, it's a slippery slope. First thing the enemy is going to tell you is, you can't ask God for that. You owe God. You fell. You missed it. You can't ask for anything. Come on, we've all been there. It's called the guilt trip. Now, does that mean we go and sin whenever we want? No. But once we've confessed and asked the Lord to forgive us and asked him to give us a desire to walk away from that, you know, malfunction, right? It's done. He doesn't ever use condemnation to change you. Hello? He doesn't ever use condemnation to change you. He doesn't use guilt manipulation to change you. The Lord said to the woman, where are your accusers? Who condemns you? She looked up and saw no one. She said, no one, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, she could have gone around the corner and said, oh, silly preacher, I tricked him. I don't think she did. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you something. God's goodness is the thing that will change you. I've been through this battle. God's goodness, when he keeps blessing you, when you know you haven't changed yet. How come you keep loving me like this? How come you keep treating me good? How come you keep giving me a car space to park in when I 
And I didn't even ask you. Josh knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sometimes I just forget to say, Lord, uh, it's past midnight. Everybody's at home asleep and I need a car park space, please. I just forget. I turn up and there's one right outside the door. I go, whoops, thank you, Jesus. God's promises save us. Saves us from sin. Saves us from ourselves, saves us from our enemies, and saves us from death. God's promises save us. God's promises deliver us. God delivers us from Satan's oppression. He delivers us from people who have ill will towards us. Yes. Have you ever had any, anybody hate on you and want you dead? I have. He also wants to deliver us from negative habits. There are some times in our walk where we, we just know we're powerless to change this habit. And the Lord comes along and says, I'm going to set you free anyway. God's promises... Heal us, number, number three. God's promises heal us from sickness, from physical and emotional turmoil, and from mind, mindsets that we think are unbreakable. God's promises bless us. God promises multiplication of blessing. Your income, your storeroom, basically your bank account. Your growth. I wanted to bring my little coffee jar where I store my coffee in at home. Not because I'm a coffee freak, but I am. But every time I refill this jar, the... <laughs> the package that my coffee comes in is it's got more in it than the jar so as, as I pour the coffee in it gets to the top and then it overflows so what I have to do is I shake it I spin it put the lid on shake it again and it goes down about an inch and I fill it up again shake it press it down and I cram something that shouldn't fit in the jar, I cram it all in. And every time I do that, the Lord says, see, press down, shaken together, running over. That's how I want to flow through you. Okay? And then last of all, God's promises vindicate us. God will vindicate you at work, at home, wherever you need it. I'm doing a Ezekiel. So I want to talk about, um, uh, praise God. I want to talk about why condemnation will never change you. Because it's all about you. 
Condemnation and guilt still makes it all about you. If you want to be changed, it has to be about something and someone else. Because we'll never change if we are the center of the focus of the change. If somebody else is the center of focus, it changes us. But see, the enemy has this way of, he gets us to look at a weakness in us. And then he gets us to fall. I'm, I'm going to change the language because I've, I've been saying to the Lord lately, you know, I don't like that language. Oh, I fell. Because that means I, I, I was at a level of expectation. So I like to, I'm going to say I stumbled. I'm going to say stumbled. Okay, because that doesn't, because verbiage is important to me. I was saying that to the Lord today. Because uh, fall means there's a level that I should be at and I've, and I've missed that level. And then when I say that, that verbiage introduces a condemnation mentality, a performance mentality. I need to live at this level. But if I stumbled, it's a bit of a trip, but I get up and I keep walking. But one thing that I want to bring out quickly is uh, Pastor Christie was talking about um, Moses last night. And she talked about the fact that, um, you know, the Lord God said to Moses, I am the Lord God. And it would be by my mighty acts that I would deliver. And we were talking tonight about, you know, um, giving up the right to own the battle. Right? Yep. Now, I'm not talking about a don't, a, you know, don't, do not do this. I'm talking about what we do need to do. Many of us, like Moses, we start out really self-confident. Okay, so in Moses' case, he goes to kill the Egyptian and he's the deliverer. He stepped into that role prematurely. He thought, I can do this. I can, I can be the deliverer. And so he stepped into that role prematurely. But what's interesting is in the fact that that whole journey throughout the wilderness, God is doing something. He's reminding Moses that his self-confidence has no bearing. Hit me. Tag. And that's why we have to be like Moses. We have to let ourselves stutter. Because when you stutter, you lose your breath. And then, guess what? You lose your confidence. And then you can have his confidence and you can be brave. That's why he was able to go and face the Pharaoh. Even stuttering because all confidence was lost in himself. So don't ever, ever look at something like stuttering or something like that. Because God is building something. But I want to come back with something that I want to talk about. Because you talked about promises. You know, I teach a lot on... Um, relationship courses, abiding in Christ, communion with God, all those ones which really speak about God in you, right? I want to come back to why does God give you promises? Oh, get in the light. Stay in the light. Uh, why does he give you promises? Let's get this straight tonight. The promises and not 
because of anything you've done. Now that's going to cancel out your work now, trying to earn the promise. I need to tell you tonight, it's because the work of the cross. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ that he gives us promises. Because when he gives us promises, he's always looking at the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that makes God so excited. You need to see that. If you don't see that, you're going to always try to earn God's promises. You can never earn God's promises. You can never earn them because they're all about the work of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm telling you tonight? Well, there's an issue with what the promises are, but see, we hear the promises, but we don't listen to the promises. You need to be active listeners. Because hearing and listening are two different things. But come back, please. Come back. When Jesus died on the cross, you have no idea what he accomplished for you. Every promise. Yes and amen. Now, come on. When I read the Bible and I say every, there's nothing left. Okay? It's like almighty. There's no might left. There's nothing left. Every promise is yes and amen. And not because of what we've done, but who Christ is. That's why we receive these promises. Now, if you can get this, if you can get this and you stop trying to make yourself good and see God looks at you, what does he see? Jesus, the finished work of the cross. Because you were on that cross with him and so was I potentially. So when he sees us, he sees the finished work of his son. You know, you mentioned stumbling or slipping, stumbling. When the, uh, who was it that carried the cross now? Joseph, when he carried that cross up that hill to, to Golgotha, he stumbled. He stumbled so you would never have to stumble if you believed it. If you believed it, but you don't believe it. That's the problem. You don't believe it. And why we don't believe it, I'll tag team here, is because when God says something to us, we're already thinking of what we're going to say next back to him. Active listening, guys. Listen to the Spirit. If the Lord says, I am faithful to you, yours and my first go-to is to conjure up a scenario where that hasn't been proven true yet. it can't work. True or not? That's what your brain does. It goes, yeah, but Lord, are you faithful to to this extent? 
But what about this? It's always the but what about this? And so what that does, and I love the brain and I love teaching how it works, what that does to our brain on that psychological level is we're not listening. We're hearing, but we're not actually letting the information that God is speaking of his nature actually go in and soak into our very being. Because we're too busy, ready to say what's next coming out of our own mouth and we haven't heard the promise. Hit me, hit me. One of the promises, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, okay, let's take it apart. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But um, uh, I'm not quite there yet. So I really can't attain to that promise because I'm not quite there yet. Hang on. I want to reverse your thinking tonight and tell you, you'll never be there. You'll never be there. But he's already there. He's already there. And if you reverse your thinking and start to think, because he's already there, I can do all things who strengthens me. Can you understand? You see, you have to put what took place at Calvary to obtain every promise with yes and amen. Otherwise, you will never, ever believe it. You will think it's too high. You see, in my weakness, he's my strength. Oh, but I'm, I need to be strong. I need to be strong. I need to get myself strong for God. In my weakness, stutter. He's my strength. So what does that mean? Uh Uh-uh. To qualify for your strength, got to be weak. Got to be finished. Do you understand what I'm telling you tonight? I'm telling you every promise that God promises you is through the finished work of the cross. You can't get it any other way. So, Pastor, you can't get it by work. For, or trying to impress God, or trying to be, be good for God. No, it's not that to get the promise. It's as a result of, the get, we, of getting the promise that we want to be good for God. Do you get it? Turn it round. Let us see where the promise came from. The promise came from Calvary. See it. And it will always, always mirror Calvary. Nothing else. It doesn't matter. You know, my brothers and sisters, you can attain the promises because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. If you have Jesus in you, if you have his spirit then when God looks at you, he doesn't look at the mess that you look at yourself as. He looks at you and he says, that's my son's work there. My son's work there. I, I, I can't wait to give this blessing. I can't wait to re- let them have this blessing because I look at my son's work in them. Are you getting this, guys? Please get this tonight. 
because we don't believe the promises. We don't. We would rather believe our stutter is bigger than the promise. That's right. See, Moses had to spend 40 years going through the wilderness to get rid of Mm self-confidence. He was a confident person when he killed that Egyptian. Mm -hmm. But then when he meets the Lord on the mountain, he's got a stutter. And that's That's because he lost all self-confidence. But the Lord wants you to know, and I said this to someone um, last night, the Lord wants you to start praising him for for your stutters in life and stop trying to change them. Yeah. When you can praise him for the stutter, it changes the focus of you having to change you and saying, Lord, I thank you because this stutter right now is qualifying me for your strength. Paul said it was the thorn in his side that kept him weak that made him lean upon the strength of Jesus Christ. Because if you didn't have that thorn and if you didn't have that stutter, you've got to ask yourself, what I'm asking myself is, would you need the strength of the Lord? Would you be able to do it by yourself? The stutter of your life is the thing that's causing you to actually need his strength. But see, the enemy wants you to identify with the stutter as you rather than see that the stutter qualifies you for him. And so we, what we do is we look at ourselves yep. and because and we begin to look at ourselves, we cancel out our promises, not from God. He'll still give you the promise, but you cancel it out for yourself. Now, we need to come back to this. Thank Thank you, Ohami. Beautifully done, by the way. Thank you. We need to come back to this. Can you see yourself in Christ on the cross? If you can, then you can see yourself resurrected in Christ from the cross. And then if you can see that, mm. then you can see yourself ascended, yeah, yeah. seated in Christ in heavenly places. It's all about Christ. Do you understand? All about Christ. Every bit of this is about Christ. And so if you start to see, and if you would be brave and praise but be brave that the next thing that you have to talk to the Lord about and the enemy will start talking to you about how you failed in this, how you haven't met the, the, you know, the point where you could receive this or you're not good enough or you don't look good enough or your hair's not good enough or your body's not good enough. Come on, you do it all the time. Come on, my skin's too black. Oh, my skin's too white. No, you're what God made you to be and you are beautiful. Because what he is in you is beautiful. You need to see this, guys. You really do. You see, this is the answer to everything. Everything. If we got back there, we would walk in his promises. We would walk in his promises. We wouldn't see. And this is what we need. We need to see when my father 
in heaven looks at me. He doesn't look at my failures. He doesn't look and condemn me and judge me. He doesn't do that at all. He loves mercy. He just does justice, but he loves mercy. You see, we're too busy loving the justice and just doing the mercy. You know, that's our, our measuring stick. But he looks at us and he just sees his... He just, like a real, real father, he's very proud of what was done at Calvary. And for that reason, he blesses his children. He blesses his children. You have to see this. Every promise is yes and amen to his children. Are you his children? Yes. You don't have peace? He's the peacemaker. You don't have joy? He's the joy giver. You don't have love? He's the lover of your soul. You don't have confidence? He's your confidence. Are you hearing me tonight? He's all these things and more. Tonight I'm going to talk about this on portals and I'm going to open, up, open it up really big about it because we have been bombarded by negativity. We have been bombarded by the media. We have been bombarded by mindsets and belief systems. There's only one belief system. Do you understand? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in, in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what it's all about. You see? Let's get back. Let's get back to Calvary. Let's go back to Calvary because this is what it's all about. When you see yourself, you'll see imperfections. When God sees you, there is nothing imperfected in Christ Jesus. Please remember this. This is so very, very important. And lift up your head and don't allow yourself to be bombarded by the negativity anymore. Yes. Let it bounce off you like a trampoline. Yes. Bounce it off you. You know, I was in a, in a meeting one night um, at my home one night and uh, we had some um, drug addicts come and they'd taken some drugs in, in our bathroom and um, and he was going, coming out and he came on this high. Do you remember this? And he came on this high and um, he was going under and under and uh, they said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I said, it's time to bring him out of it. That's what I'm going to do, deal with the devil fast. But he starts saying, I could see spiders coming down the walls. I could see this and I could see that. Well, and then he turned to me and he said, oh, and I can see. And I said, you could see nothing. <laughs> and he said, that's, yeah, all I see what they try to come against her and they are bouncing off her. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. So he said, okay, you're not touching me and you're not seeing anything that God doesn't want you to see. So 
I think it's time for you now, devil, to come out. And he got sobered up and got saved. Give God the glory. I don't let the devil, by the grace of God, tell me what a wretched person I am. I don't. Because God didn't send him as my spokesman. And he's never going to use the devil to show me God. Never. My God's too big. He created the devil. So he's not going to use something he created to show how big he is. He'll show himself to be big. You got that right. You got it right now. You get it now. You've got it. So when the devil says to me anything... I just said, <laughs> but you see, I have the perfect one living in me and that's what my father sees. Amen. Can you whack him back with that? Yes. Cross. Go to the cross. Come on. Then you can go beyond the cross. Yes. Once you go to the cross, you can go beyond the cross. I'd encourage every single one of you... Those promises are yes and amen. He said he would never leave us, Pastor, nor forsake us. us. He said he would be with us to the end of the earth. The end of the earth hasn't come, so stop believing that it's all over. Stop this. I'm telling you, there are promises that you need to hold on to because when you take a promise... It's because of Calvary and God's love for you. You need to see this. You are the family of God. He loves his family. He loves his family. He came for family. So would he give family up? No, family walks away. He never gives family up. Thanks, Pastor. Awesome. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. So as we, um, it's just, come on, give God so good, so good. All right, so please be seated. We're going to just wrap it up now. Um, if anyone who is here today and is unsure of their relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to help you come into good standing with God. Okay, this is one of the biggest promises that you'll ever participate in. God promises if you put your trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross, right? If you trust that what Jesus did is enough to get you into heaven, God promises you will get to heaven. You know, we often quote John 3.16. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But no one quotes verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, 
the world might be saved. Now, if the Lord didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, then He sure ain't condemning us. Amen? Can you imagine if the world knew that God doesn't want to condemn it, but save it? That's our message. To you who are online and joining us, God is not condemning you. The Holy Spirit may be convicting you, otherwise you wouldn't know what right and wrong is. It is God who gives us the ability to discern what's right and wrong. And if you feel that your life has fallen short of what God expects from you as a human being, and we all have fallen short as human beings, we've all sinned. We've fallen short of what God expected the human race to live like. Then you need forgiveness and it only comes through the cross of Jesus. Forgiveness is something God paid for. All you've got to do is reach out and receive it. We're going to pray a prayer. If anyone in here in the room wants to pray this prayer, you're welcome to. But please come up and see me afterwards. We want to secure your relationship with Jesus so that you don't keep guessing that you're going to go to heaven. You don't keep guessing that, you know, Jesus is going to walk in and then walk out of your life. It's important that you have what we call an assurance that your life is secure in God. Nothing can take you out of God's hands except you. Okay? So let's pray this prayer. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for pouring out your grace to everyone who's going to pray this prayer right now. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my whole life's sins and cover me with your blood. Wash me clean and come and live in my heart as you promised you would. Lord, I believe you rose from the dead and that you're coming again for me. Come and live in my heart forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. If this is your first time accepting Jesus, we would love for you to get in touch with us so we can walk alongside you in taking your next steps in faith. There is so much that God wants to do in your life to show his goodness and love and our team is ready and willing to connect you and partner with you on your journey. Visit torque.org contact to speak to someone today. It is our joy to partner with you and see Jesus become real, relevant, and relational in every part of your life. Thanks for listening to the Torque Message of the Week. We 
hope you were encouraged by this message and stirred to make this more than just words, but a reality. If you've been impacted by what was shared, why not go ahead and share it with someone who you know needs to hear it? You can get the latest episodes of this podcast by subscribing via Spotify, Apple, or our Torque app. Need to rewatch this message again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out TorqueTV.org for more amazing content. We thank you for your generous support and prayers. And if you would like to contribute to our ministry, please visit Torque.org forward slash give. From all of our leaders and team, we love you, are praying for you, and believing for you every step to be aligned with Him and His Spirit this week. Until next time, God bless.